Blog Talk Radio. I break it down to the bone gristle. Hills speaking, scud missile, heat seeking. Johnny Blaze, nightmares like West Craven. Niggas gunning, my third eye seen it coming before it happened. You know about them fucking stats. Good evening. Hope you all doing well. Hope you all recovered from uh, last week's Thanksgiving uh, trip to Fennec type uh, post post game post dinner game. But uh, I just messed up, y'all. But anyway, welcome to the Clown Hour. This is your boy Scott Burks. I'm the creator of Sports World called the Clown Times. You'll be found on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. That's Constable K, by the way. And you find me on Facebook. Yes, whatever, whether you're on your laptop, your smartphone, your desktop, wherever, go to the search window up the left-hand corner, type in the Clown Times, Scans Clown with K, you're able to find me there as well. Last again to tonight, uh, even like since, especially since I was, um, had a week off last week because you know, it was Thanksgiving, we're traveling and everything else. Um, we're going to get into the college football playoff uh, rankings. Um, the next to the last, the second to the last, uh, college football playoff rankings, which was last night, as well as news about Mac Brown coming back to coaching, back to UNC, where he pretty much springboarded his career like it, like it to uh, a, a, um, a a a great run. Well, not great, but a but a pretty good run at Texas, which led to a national championship. But Matt Brown pretty much brought the UNC football program out of out of the dark ages. So. He's back for for, for for a second act after they fired uh, Larry Fedora, a.k.a. The Hat. And last night, we're going to talk a little NFL, pretty much like what happened last week, including Big Ben's bad play. And Big Ben, pretty much, Big Ben Roethlisberger, that is, playing like large Benjamin once again. Help me break all, all down. as a homie of mine. Y'all know him from Sleazy Sports, as well as Yard slash HBC Sports. And I think you find Sleazy Sports, matter of fact, Via YouTube now. It used to be here on Baltimore Radio, but anyway, here's Dwayne Nash. Help me set this record straight on that. So, D Nash, what's up? Scott, what's going on? My man, my man. Yo, I'm I'm living. I'm here. I'm doing all that good stuff. Um, oh, and to correct you real question. quick, um, yes, sir. we're actually currently on Facebook Live, so. If you look oh, for Sleazy Sports on Facebook, you can find this live every Tuesday there. Oh, nice. Nice. See, that's why I joined, so I needed to be corrected. I knew I did. I knew I was going <laughs> to mess that up. But, that's yeah, fine. So, so that's give fine. Give the listeners a day and time. Give the listeners a day and time again, if you don't mind. Yes, it's Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Unless, you know, there's a shift. You know, we're, we're doing some shifting around the holidays mm-hmm. to kind of you know, go with the whole schedule. So we'll, we normally make an announcement if there's going to be a day change. But as of now, for this week coming, of course, we're going to be on Tuesday. Of course, we're going to talk about the final CFP when that's released on Sunday. Probably get, mm-hmm. I'll probably end up getting yelled at for my theories. But it is what it is. So <laughs> Tuesdays, 9 p.m. on Facebook Live. Outstanding, outstanding. And speaking of Facebook, um, I posted the article about my – I was written as usual of the college football playoff rankings. Like, normally, and you know me, I'm in favor of the playoff. I've long been in favor of the playoff. And mm-hmm. uh, even though it took me a while to, to get to come around the idea of leaving the BCS, but nevertheless, I've been on board for a little while. And last night, when they came up with their rankings, uh, I was – I was very offended to see a two-loss Michigan ranked over UCF. So, no, <laughs> you remember, I posted my rant. I just spontaneously ran on the spot and posted the like the next – actually posted earlier today and got a lot of feedback on it. And you interacted with some of the, with some of the peeps on there, and so um, – which leads to an interesting debate. You threw a Notre Dame, too, which I'll get to – I wish I would get to – 
momentarily. But basically, man, I think UCF's going to roll there. I understand that they haven't played people who are worth a damn, even a mild damn, as I like to say. Um, they beat UC University of Cincinnati two weeks ago on, on prime time when college mm-hmm. game they were was in Orlando. Um, and they beat Pitt before they like before they became the latest of Coastal Division champions in the ACC. But nevertheless, here we are. Um, right, the rank of the of Summerhead, I think eighth, and Michigan at two losses is ranked seventh. Yeah. For the life of me, after they got the asses kicked by Ohio State this past weekend, to show how pretty much how overrated they really are. Can you tell me why? Well, actually, no. I think you will tell me why. But am I being just old, totally irrational and non-objective when it comes to UCF? Because again, and I'm not saying they should be fourth. I'm not saying they should be fourth or not. Even say they should be fifth or sixth. But to be ranked behind a two-loss Michigan team, that's just insulting to me. It's just insulting to me. You know what? I'm still trying to figure out exactly how the committee is looking at things. From my personal opinion, though, they look at things like the quality wins. And, of course, mm-hmm. as, as much as they attempt to say that it doesn't matter, it matters mm-hmm. where you play. You know, if you're right. in the Power Five, you're going to get a whole lot more consideration than if you're playing in the other five. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, UCF is on this huge streak of of winning 25 games in a row. Yes, they've beaten Auburn, and like you said, they've beaten Pitt, and they've beaten uh, Cincinnati along the way. But if you look at their conference, you know, I always have to point out, yep. if I remember correctly, they're in the AAC, correct? Yep. Yep, they're in the One of the teams America, in the AAC, remind me, is ECU, right? Yep, that's correct. And I think you know where I'm going with this whole ECU. You know, I always have to throw the Aggies back, uh, of North Carolina A&T into our right, conversation right, right. at least <laughs> once. So, yeah, there you right. go. A&T beat ECU. The ECU wasn't a, a, that much of a strong team. So, you know, you look at the other teams within their conference, not that strong. Yes, they swept them. And I, I uh, Coach is going to kill me when he hears me say this. I would agree uh-huh. with Coach, uh, uh, my co-host, when he says it's hard to win week after week. I get it. But when you keep beating up on a bunch of little kids, and that's my description of, of, of weaker teams, Little kids, when you mm-hmm. beat up on them, you should be able to beat up on them. You know, it goes back to the, the whole my whole quote of WDP about who they right. play, and and yeah, yes, they've beaten some teams, but if you look at their entire body of work, yes, they're undefeated, and as they like to say on my uh, on Sleazy Sports, we know what their floor is, we just don't know what their ceiling is. Mm. Technically, to me, we mm. kind of do know what their ceiling is as of right now. We know that they're capable of beating AAC teams. We still don't know whether or not they can beat the likes of, of Michigan, even though that's completely possible. But that's still mm. a toss-up out there. And, you know, there's some people who believe that Milton's injury um, kept them from, from moving up in the ranks as well. But let's be real. As, as much as the committee – Loves to say that every game counts. They don't. Yep. They don't. It's, it's either mm. Power Five or, or you're not. And right. even though they can still get in, it's going to take a whole lot of a, 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 a tragedy in order for that to happen. But um, right. you know that the possibility is still there. But I doubt very seriously that anybody past number five, actually past number six gets in to the uh, the CFP right now. And five and six yeah. are long shots. Well, here's, it's interesting that you say that because I look at it like this. I, I don't think Georgia's beating Alabama. Even though I know Georgia has a shot, they probably mm-hmm. have the best shot of the teams that play so far this season uh, before the Bulls games start. I don't think Georgia's beating Alabama, and I don't think it's going to be within two touchdowns. That's just me. 
I mean, the way I see Alabama take apart LSU on the road, I know LSU is not all that in a bag of potato chips, but they're still pretty good. And they and mm-hmm. Alabama took them apart by 29 points on the road in Death Valley. Atlanta, I know Georgia is big in Atlanta, uh, the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, but basically, I think the Tide, Tide fans will travel. They've yeah. proven that time at the time at the time. So that's going to be it's not it's going to be a true neutral field, I think. So I don't yeah. think Bama's going to be phased, and you know I I think they're going to just walk away with it by two touchdowns at least. So that takes away Georgia, so which leads to me, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, and perhaps maybe UCF at number eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. If if either if either Oklahoma or Ohio State wins, they're that they're in, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the, but the but the question is, well, two questions: What happens if both Oklahoma and Ohio State win? Who do you think gets the short end of the stick? I think Ohio State gets the short end of the stick because I don't think the committee will be able to shake off their big loss to Purdue during the season. What were your thoughts on that? It depends upon how big Oklahoma wins, right? Um, Right. And the reason why I say that is because if they barely win in Ohio State, blows out Northwestern, you mm-hmm. might have some in the committee that would be like, hmm, Notre Dame barely, well, they, Notre Dame beat Northwestern by 10. If Ohio State mm-hmm. beats them by 20-plus and Oklahoma only beats Texas by a touchdown and we know that Big 12 teams like to, one, score a lot of points and, two, allow a ton of points. And this is a Texas yeah. team that has already beaten them earlier this year by three, if I remember correctly. So the right. fact that they only beat them by seven is feasible. You know, it's it's highly mm. possible. So if they win a close right. one by seven or less, and Ohio State blows out Northwestern, it's a possibility that somebody in the committee says, hmm, I'm going to go ahead and take this Ohio State team over Oklahoma. Possibility? Yes. Mm. Now, whether or not it happens is something that, you know, uh, we're going to have to wait and see, and I wouldn't be right. shocked if that happens. But the the one crazy scenario, because, you know, for weeks I've yes, even sir. come on this show and I've done it on Sleazy Sports since I was blue in the face. My whole thing is that there is a scenario, of course, that an unbeaten Notre Dame team does not get in. Even though my belief That's in crazy. that, I, I know it's crazy, right? I know it's crazy, but I know my, my, my faith in that happening is, is, is dwindling by the day because mm-hmm. everything else is starting to happen, I guess, the way that people would predict it happening, which means that Notre Dame stays in there. But mm-hmm. imagine Georgia loses to Alabama, and if they lose the way that people think they will lose, including yourself, we just talked about yep. this on CG Sports on Tuesday. Alabama has been beating teams by at least 20 points. That is the largest point differential for an entire season by a team since right. 1881 when Yale did it back then. No one else wow. has done it since 1881. It's insane. So if they can do what they normally do, and blow out Georgia, what happens if Oklahoma blows out Texas and Ohio State blows out Notre Dame? No, I'm sorry. And no, no, Notre Dame. I'm sorry. Ohio State blows out Northwestern. Could right. it be a possibility that both those teams not only jump Georgia, but somehow knock out Notre Dame? The reason why I say that. Coach and, and, and Sweet Lou laughed at me when I said this yesterday. The reason why I said that is because the CFP committee chair himself said on Tuesday night after releasing the mm-hmm. rankings, one of the things that we yeah. look at is strength of schedule and strength of record. At that point, Ohio State, right now, Oklahoma already has a, a higher strength of, of, of schedule 
than the Notre Dame does. If Ohio right. State beats Northwestern, there's a chance that their strength of record and strength of schedule goes higher than Notre Dame's. If that is something that they take into consideration, and with the fact that Ohio State has already molly walked Michigan, a team that Notre Dame has only beaten by seven, and if they molly uh Northwestern, a team that uh, Notre Dame beat by ten, who's to say that they don't go ahead and bump both of those teams above uh, Notre Dame? I know it sounds insane. I know because everyone loves that brand of Notre Dame, and everyone says how mm-hmm. big of a money maker that Notre Dame is. But one of the things that you have to understand within the three, this is I forget what um, what 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 what, what um, financial website listed this, but they had over the mm-hmm. past three years in terms of college football programs in terms of money makers. Yep, Oklahoma and Ohio State in terms of uh, revenue generated by the football program, is not far behind Notre Dame. So to say that Notre Dame is this huge moneymaker, the same can be said about those two programs too. So they necessarily wouldn't be losing anything, especially from two programs who were just in the playoffs last year. Now we got new committee members. They may want to see a new team in there, and of course, Notre Dame is sexy, but like I said before, when it comes to strength of schedule and strength of record, it's not. It's slightly below the other two teams in which I just named, and there is a chance that someone comes up with that conversation and brings that up and just to uh, 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 convince the committee that those two teams belong in there, other than those two, especially if they're by blowouts. But like I said before, I don't think that happens. But there is a chance, and I would not be surprised if it happened. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame gets in, and, and only and only Oklahoma makes it in in that scenario, and Ohio State gets left out. Well, here's the thing, brother, and you know what? Right quick before I get to to Ohio State, my I have thoughts on Ohio State. By the way, you just thoughts of me about Ohio State. Um, people don't understand that. Teams out of four in the five spot, there's a president of a te- of one of those teams bumping out a top four team the last mm-hmm. week of the season. Remember mm-hmm. the very first year of the playoff when TCU and Baylor were jockeying amongst the top four spots? And guess who came out of nowhere to bump not one, but both of them out, essentially? Ohio State after they mollywopped Wisconsin 59 to nothing. And remember mm-hmm. that because uh, basically Baylor and TCU, you know, the Big 12 and Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner, had this bullshit thing about two true champions or whatever the hell he was trying to do. And that was just trying to have a kick to two. Or having two teams in the, in the playoff would have bat, totally backfired on them in the end. Um, they've been reeling ever since. Um, but getting back to Ohio State, so, so, like, so basically your idea right quick, of Oklahoma and Ohio State bumping out Notre Dame in, in Georgia is not that far-fetched at all, given that precedent. But getting back to Ohio State, um, they're playing Northwestern. And, yes, Northwestern's ranked, I guess, what, 18 for whatever the hell they are. But this is the 19. same Northwestern team. Or 21st, I'm sorry. This, oh, what, 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 like, like, like where they rank again? You said it. I, 21st. I over you. Oh, 21st. Yeah, 21st. Okay, well, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, so this is the same Northwestern team that got spanked by Duke at home. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Duke is not a bad squad, but they got spanked at home by Duke early in the season. This is the same squad Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State is going to face. So to me, in my mind's eye, they better win by at least 10 points. Not, no disrespect to Northwestern, but Northwestern it is what it is. They should mm-hmm. beat Northwestern by more than 10 points. Now having now having said all of that, I would say this: Ohio State is a brand. That's most people yes. don't. I mean, it's a brand. Oklahoma is a brand. They're two mm-hmm. blue bloods, and Notre Dame is a brand in and of itself. But it's it's an undercurrent that's been going on the past I don't know how many seasons of the playoff 
the people in the community aren't feeling on the dames and their independence, meaning that they don't have, if you hear this word, this term, this phrase floating around a lot, that all-important 13th data point. That's what did in Baylor and TCU. At least that's what they said that did in TCU and Baylor, excuse me, year one of the college football playoff. I just think it like Ohio State was a bigger brand than both out of those schools. So that's mm-hmm. what I kept it out. That's what I think. That's what I still think. Um, but nevertheless, I, I, as much as I love to see chaos, and you know I love chaos, be some chaos. Oh yes, um, of course. I, I, it would while one team, while one of those teams, Oklahoma or or Ohio State, but but now say Georgia, would not be so far fetched. I would suspect if Georgia loses, mm-hmm. that would be some. It would be something. If Notre Dame gets bumped out, this is how this is how things gonna go down. I think not to say that you, you say that's that's set in stone, but that that's a good that's an interesting point that you made. That Ohio State has to really beat the brakes off of Northwestern, and then and then the Buckeyes are hoping pray that Oklahoma is engaged in a close one against Texas, mm-hmm. because that's the only way I think those committee members would forget about that ass kicking that Ohio State took at the hands of. Purdue in the middle of the season. That's that's yeah. what I think Ohio State has to hope for right now, to beat down Northwestern and hope and pray that Texas either beats Oklahoma or it's in, or that Oklahoma has a very 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 tight win and giving up a lot of points and yardage in the process. Because I think that would turn off the committee as well, especially given that either one of those teams, particularly Oklahoma, would have a would be more likely would have the withdraw Alabama the like the first week of the playoffs, and I don't think the committee wants to see bloodshed <laughs> in poor defense in 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 this uh, semifinal round. No, no, they wouldn't. Now to your uh, original comparison, because see that's partially where I've drawn my conspiracy theory from, if you will in terms of okay. how Ohio State jumped TCU and Baylor. The only difference is, of course, like you said, Notre Dame is a bigger brand than both TCU and Baylor. Also, right. it's the fact that, if I remember correctly, TCU and Baylor both had a loss on their resume, and, of course, Notre Dame does not. Yes. So that's where those two things, of course, oh, differ. Ohio State, yes. Yeah, yeah. so those, those are where those two things differ, but like I said before, it's still possible, especially because of that lack of a 13th game. Now, yes. once again, like I, like I said earlier this year uh, when we talked about, when we, we, we previewed the season, I said that Notre Dame actually had, for, for them to be a non-conference team, uh, a team without a conference, a team with a home right. team, if you will, they had a pretty good schedule because everyone on their schedule was a name that everyone can recognize, and, and traditionally they would feel the team at least. Now, no one knew Florida State would be the, the, who they were. No one knew that uh, U, U, uh, USC would end up floundering. But we got a surprise from Pitt, and we got a surprise from, from Northwestern. And, you know, and they also stole wins from uh, – uh, uh, who did they beat? They beat Michigan earlier in the year. They beat Vandy. Right. You know, so they had the resume. Barely beat the resume was there. Right. But mm-hmm. it's just not as strong as, as, as people originally thought it would be. And that 13th game, even though their record is, is flawless, it's that 13th game. The fact that yeah. everyone else has an opportunity to shine while they're just sitting there watching, hoping that everybody doesn't look as dominant as they potentially could on this 13th week. And, and that's, that's, that's where I've gotten my theory from, man, because we've seen it before. We've all seen it before. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say this. But I'm like, dude, we've seen it happen. We've seen the committee do things that we thought were insane twice. We've seen Ohio State mm. jump two teams. We've seen Ohio State get in when Penn State should have gotten in. You trying to tell me they won't do it again? Even though the excuse last year for Ohio State not getting in was every time we put a Big Ten team in the playoffs, they stink up the joint. 
Yes, we know that going in. Mm-hmm. But that brand's still sexy. They still Ohio State, and that's still Urban Meyer over there. And after what they did to Michigan, another team everybody thought was sexy. <laughs> yep, yep. Anything yeah, that happened, so Here's man. the thing, though, bro. I would say this: Notre Dame. This is going to be a this is going to be a year of change. Here's why. I, either way, either either way, what happens to Notre Dame? If Notre Dame gets mm-hmm. in, if they, if they stay in, rather, I think there'll be enough, which means that there are going to be two power conference uh, uh, commissioners who are not in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you have the two very pissed off commissioners. One was at least one was definitely going to be the Pac-12 because I, because they're, they're totally out, and yeah. either or either the Big 12 or the or the Big 10. If the Big 10 is left out, you bet your ass, Jim Delaney is going to be really bitching out the control. He's a pretty yeah. powerful dude. So I think this is why things going to happen, especially if the Big 10, if Ohio State gets left out, and Notre Dame stays in. I think you're going to hear more and more rumblings about having the, the criteria of being a conference champion be almost set in stone. Almost set in stone. I don't doubt it. I know I that don't. Notre Dame is a dang. Uh, I know Notre Dame is a brand. We all get that. We all know that. But, man, one thing we've learned is money talks. And not mm-hmm. only does it talk, it hollers, and yes. the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, is flush with cash. You don't think Jim Delaney knows that? <laughs> you don't think um, <laughs> um, you know? You don't think the networks know that? Yeah. Please, they, they, I think I think between him, not so much the Pac-12 and definitely not the Big Twelve, but I think Jim Delaney will make enough noise to make some change. I mean, keep in mind he was the he was the main dude blocking. The playoff because he wanted to keep the, the Rose Bowl to himself. Um, that that took some finagle, some some finagling behind the scenes, finesse behind the scenes, for him to let that go. So mm-hmm. this dude carries a big stick. So I think if a house stick gets left out and Notre Dame stays in, be, be, don't be surprised to hear some changes about being a conference champ, being being almost a damn near requirement. Now, if Notre Dame gets left out, and for some reason, somehow, if Oklahoma, to your Armageddon, to your, not Armageddon, I have an Armageddon scenario for you coming up. Uh, but if, if, if your scenario, if, if Oklahoma and Ohio State both went big, just both went big, that could possibly knock out Notre Dame and Georgia, obviously because Georgia, we would both think, most of us think that they're going to get the asses kicked by Alabama. So... Mm-hmm. If they, if, if 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 Oklahoma and Ohio State get in, knock Notre Dame out, I think you're going to have more and more rumblings of Notre Dame joining the ACC in football. That's that's like because they would see the right on the wall. Because if Notre Dame has to figure, hell, if we're undefeated and we're Notre Dame, we still got jumped. This shit can't happen to us again, homies. We got to do something, and that something. Is probably joining the ACC in the Coastal Division, so they can get to play Clemson or Florida State or whoever the hell. In, the in other words, the Coastal Division represents the easiest path. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just be real about it. And you know, they they get to play Miami again every year that they did before. Blah blah blah. But I I think that would push Notre Dame to say, ah, bleep it. Let's just let's just let's just make this move. Let's just squeeze the tracks on this move. So that's why I think this is a, this is the season. This is the year change. Whether Notre Dame gets in or gets left out, and it's in the center of it. It's going to be interesting. However, it falls down. However, it ain't shake out to how the, the the committee either like changes criteria or to force a brand like Notre Dame's hand who's independent. So let so let, uh, let me just address my give you my my Oseman or my Armageddon scenario. Okay. What if? All right, stay with me now. What if Oklahoma and Ohio State lose lose? Yeah. And maybe, 
And you know what? Yeah, let's just say that Ohio State and Oklahoma both lose. Because mm-hmm. we, 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 we don't think in any universe that Alabama and Clemson will lose their conference championship games. We both think that's not going to happen, even in the parallel universe. So yeah. if those two, Oklahoma and, and, and Ohio State, lose, what about UCF? Do they move up? Do they get, finally get past Michigan? Move past Ohio State? Move past Oklahoma? Because after all, what Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Michigan would have all have two losses. Mm-hmm. CF sitting there undefeated. Again, I know they didn't play anyone with a mile damn during the regular season. That's out of maybe use Cincinnati and maybe Pitt early in the year, but but could it be? Could we have a scenario you know where they would if the UCF jumps all three of those cats? And, and and Georgia as well, and getting that fourth spot for the right to get the asses kicked by Alabama in the college football playoff. <laughs> you know what? We talked about this yesterday uh, as well. The way that happens, because at this point, you already got Michigan with two losses. Then you would have a two-loss Notre Dame team. You would have a two-loss Oklahoma team. You would have a two-loss Georgia team. The question mm-hmm. would be, to me, the way that they get in is how bad Georgia loses. If mm-hmm. Georgia loses by more than 10, then it happens. It's, it's, it, and, and, of course, UCF has to win. And them beating uh, Memphis, Memphis is a quality team too. So if they beat Memphis, mm-hmm. then it happens. They're in. But mm-hmm. – if somehow, some way, Georgia keep it close, and they lose by six or less, committee might be like, "Yeah, they lost to the number one team by six points." You know, and then it also depends upon what UCF does. If, if they lose to, if if Georgia loses to Alabama by like three, and UCF, who's going to be without their starter, if if they mm-hmm. win by like one. You got to remember, UCF only beat Memphis early this season by one. So if they win by right. one and Georgia loses by, like, three, the committee might be like, two SEC losses, eh, they still number four. And UCF will move up to number five. That can't happen, though. That that can't happen, though. I mean, they, you got a team with two losses, a two, two-loss team that lost this conference championship game. And really yeah. one of those losses Georgia has, was an ass kicker by LSU. Yes, I mean I they can't they they can't possibly do do UCF like that. They can't and possibly just say you know let's go just have Georgia play Alabama for for a second time. They can't possibly happen. And, and where's where's LSU right now? Right behind UCF. Wow. As as disrespectful as that would be, once again, it would be right. For UCF to move up to number four, but I would not yeah. be surprised if the committee did that and just moved UCF to number five. It's like, oh, well, you know, eh, they should they should feel happy with number five. We'll just keep wow. Georgia. We're, we're going to go ahead and let you see Alabama Georgia again. That uh, yeah, mm. nah, nah. We don't know about UCF. Nah, I don't know. But yeah, that's the other thing too. You gotta you gotta be cognizant of is whether or not UCF can even get past Memphis. You know, we, we're already talking as if they they, they they dancing past Memphis. They barely beat Memphis earlier this year by one. And now they they're have starting to be. Right, right. I mean, you know, it could be a mood issue in the end. I'm just saying. Yeah. It could be a mood issue in the end. It possibly could, it could very well be a mood issue. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. That would be beyond jack. It would would expose the the, the, the CFP for who they are and how they see non-Power 5 conferences. And then that's going to have to be a situation where whether or not people are going to want to listen to it or not, or listen to them or not, whether the the, the other five conferences will have to unite, excuse me, and have to make an argument that something needs to be done, there needs to be an expansion. But I don't think that they listen 
unless, like you said earlier, uh, 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 Notre Dame gets knocked out or uh, Ohio State stays out. Ohio State gets kept out, yeah. Yeah, they get, they get kept out in a situation where people think that they're deserving. Now, I, I, I talked to you about this last year on your show. One of the issues about Notre Dame not joining the ACC, of course, is that football TV money and how much money they get. I can't remember what the yep. annual revenue is for that. But the thing is, it will be sexier for them to – well, not sexier. It, it, it could be enticing for them to join the ACC because, of course, what happens January 1st? The ACC Network. Hmm. So you right. have that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they're going to – I don't know how much of a cut they would get from that ACC Network, and I don't know if it will be enticing enough for them to say, hey, yes, you'll get less of a cut, but you'll have more of an opportunity to most definitely get into the playoffs if you come and join us uh, from the football side of things. And to spread their Those brand, Those two too. things. And to spread their brand. Exactly. And brand too. Yeah, so those two things could be enticing enough to sway Notre Dame to do that, but like I said before, it, it, it can't be a significant financial drop-off for them to do that. Mm-hmm. It'll just, because if it is, Notre Dame would just be like, you know what, y'all going to have to do something about getting us in there because this is disrespectful. We did what we could. We have an undefeated mm-hmm. season. We are who we are. Right. This shouldn't happen. So you either need to go ahead and get us in the next time we do this or expand this bad boy. Either or. So either way, the, the, the potential of change and how things will change in college football will be very interesting come Sunday afternoon once the CFP puts out his rankings. Yeah, and you know what? I've been against football like, playoff expansion for the longest because mm-hmm. this is what because people think people mistakenly think fans mistakenly think that expanding to an eight team field would solve a lot of problems and who gets in, which is complete bull, complete bullshit because it's going to be like the it's going to be like March Madness in the sense that even they have sixty five team spots. There's still arguments of who should have been in and who should have been out. So yeah. and, and, and 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 it gets less compelling if you go, okay, who should be the eighth and ninth spots? Who should be <laughs> like eight, nine, and ten? No one gives a damn about eight, nine, and ten. No, <laughs> as they much don't. as four, five, and six. So that okay. that to me, the four, five, and six discussion has is more exciting and enticing than eight, nine, and ten. I mean, and then if you go out to 16, when does it stop? See, that's the thing. Because you know me. I cover FCS. FCS yep. does 24. So does Division actually, Yeah, so does Division Two. So mm-hmm. me, I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't mind a 20-team playoff, but I know how egregious that is because of the amount of money and how that thing would need to be operated so that everybody can be happy financially, right? I get that. Right. Now, if they do 16, 16 should should be the limit on this. And let me explain why. Yeah. Because there's no need for anybody at 17 beefing. Dude, you're 17. Shut up. Now, if you do 12, I would be happy with 12 as well because there's no necessary argument at 13. Eight, yes. I can see nine complaining, and they will have a little bit of an argument, but I can, I, I, it would still be wah, wah, wah if nine complained that they didn't get in. But when you get four, five, and six, that's where it gets a little bit louder. That's where conference champions are left out. That's where power five isn't necessarily even considered and is not, in my personal opinion, a true playoff for FCS level. It's just a playoff for the elites while the also lands are left out. But the difference between, like, you see, and I, I, I like the way that you brought up the NCAA tournament and their expansion, it's a lot easier for basketball to do it because it's not as many hands 
involved in the NCAA tournament. It's just the NCAA. And then the teams that are involved. With the college football situation, you got the bowl games that are involved. You got the conferences that are involved. So it's a whole lot of different hands. And, 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 and give me those that are, that are looking at you when you're talking about college football that's different from college basketball. Yes, expanding the 68 was insane, but it was easier financially for that to get done. It's not as easy, but my guess is it's not that easy for college football, but once they figure it out, that's when they're going to start to expand. And I got a strange feeling that somebody's already figured it out. They just don't want to tell. Yeah. Well, we can talk about college football playoff expansion all night. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it, 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 it's interesting. This is either way, either, either um, uh, uh, what was I going to say, Notre Dame scenario or what have you would take place or whatever happens if UCF gets a shot at it. There will be changes. Mm-hmm. There are going to be changes to the college football playoff criteria this off season, I can guarantee you that, or yes. at least they'll be in in in, in the uh, in the queue. Right, quick, man. We're both ACC guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Brown coming back to UNC. I thought, you know, what's funny about that? I was I remember driving home, and uh, I was when we driving somewhere. It was what it was a Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I forgot what the hell I felt, but at any rate, <clears throat> I, I was like I was driving around. And I heard on the radio that, you know, when Larry Fedora got fired from UNC, I swear to God, one of the radio hosts on sports on ESPNU radio, as soon as XM, I think it was something Brandon Salee, whatever his name is called, um, he suggested, I think kind of offhand, that watch for Mac Brown to be back as a hot take, as he, as he calls it, a, a, a hot take. And I, as I was laughing a little bit, I was like, you know, this this would not be so far-fetched because Matt Brown's going to get back on the coaching for the longest time. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, first thing, I swear to God, was it Monday morning or Tuesday morning? Matt Monday. Brown got the call. Was, was, mm-hmm. it, was it Monday? It was Monday. That he got the call. It was Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Okay, sorry. That he, that, that he got the call to coach the team. I was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> got to be, I mean, I mean, but if you look at it, man, I mean, they got them real cheap. Seven hundred k, seven hundred thousand is base salary. I know seven hundred thousand. Oh really? That's good. I, I know. That's it. I mean, he has a buttload wow. of incentives, but they got him at seven hundred to seven hundred fifty thousand a year as a base salary. I think it's a four or five year deal. So mm. basically, this is like Matt Brown's swan song. He's like yeah. six or seven years young, and mm-hmm. he. He said his wife, he was calling his wife and saying, if he either we're going to Hawaii, another island, or Chapel Hill, we're not going anywhere else. And <laughs> so, you know, keep in mind that Matt Brown left Chapel Hill voluntarily to take the Texas job. Mm-hmm. But also, before that, I mean, look, I get that Matt Brown, Matt Brown bought UNC football out of the dark age. Yeah. I mean, they, they look, from 1992 to 95, they were in the AP Top 25 every week. And they won 10 regular season games in 93 and 97. And they, they I mean, he, I mean, Mike Brown brought, brought UNC football on the precipice of, of, of like, he brought them, like, to almost stratosphere status. Yes. If they would have won a national title or two or even competed. But, but given their football history before that, they were living pretty damn good. They were living. They were. They were Florida State's foil back in the Bobby Bowden heydays of the ACC mm-hmm. when Florida State joined the ACC. Um, I just thought, and yeah, the, Matt Brown could forget more football than I ever could know, right? I just think that uh, there are other candidates, more viable candidates, if UNC were have been more patient and not worry about one of the press conferences, and and I think one of those guys was uh, Scott Satterfield from Appalachia State. I mean, he, he mm. brought Appalachia State from FCS to FBS. They've won, what is it, uh, 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 two Sunbelt 
titles in a row. Conference titles in yeah. a row. Going for a three-peat this weekend against Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Um, I mean, he's he's undefeated in bowl games. I mean, yeah. Not that knows Sam North Carolina knows it well, and he's young. He's he's in a, he's probably he's, he's wrong age. He's in age group, not that much older mm. than we are. Um, if, if probably the same age as me, actually forty-five. But the point is, not the age discrimination, but the point is, is that Satterfield knows how to relate to recruits better than Matt Brown does. Matt Brown's been waiting for the game for too long. Yeah. And I know Matt Brown was a hell of, he's a hell of, of a recruiter. Um, he, knows how to, he, has, he knows how to shake hands and kiss babies. He's always been good at that. And people who know him and met him have nothing but great things to say about him. And he comes off as a very folksy, nice guy. I just think that I'm just afraid that two things, that the game is passing by and that Carolina is clinging to its past. And I, I just don't think that USC's not playing the long game here at all when they brought that Matt Brown, in my opinion. No, they weren't. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did a little light research. Actually, ESPN did an article on it in terms of, you know, coaches returning back to their roots. You know, they did it for all of the uh, the major sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, uh, even um, college football. And, of course, you know, the ones in, in recent years, you know, you had Randy Etzel returning back to uh, to UConn. You had, um, uh, 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 what's his name, Bobby Petrino returning back to, uh, to yeah. Louisville. And, um, God, I forgot who the third coach was. But in it. One of the things that that, that probably came into to, to, uh, as a factor, and it's something that I didn't think about until I, I read about it uh, today as it pertains to another uh, quick coaching hire, is that early recruitment starts soon, in about a week, week and a half. So you didn't want to jump into that without a head coach, especially if you're chasing the App State coach who's going to be coaching, excuse me, for at least another couple of weeks if he doesn't immediately leave the App State job right before a conference championship game or before a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So that might have been the case where they felt as though we need to go ahead and get this early recruitment, and it would be great if we were to bring a name back that the alum and that the state recognizes so, hey, why not go back the Mac Brown route? That would probably be a good, you know, band-aid until we're capable of going ahead and, and getting someone else in here in the next four years or maybe earlier if Mac Brown decides he wants to walk away from the game. But, yeah, you're right. That would have been a fantastic hire. It's just the fact that they would have had to have potentially given up this early recruitment for this year and and, and, mm-hmm. and just done their recruitment after uh, January and, and try to make that push and, and, and win a year. But it's North Carolina. Why not? I mean, he's just sacrificing it. It's, it's North Carolina. It's not like you're missing out on anything. It's not like you're fighting for a division. Dude, calm down. You're North Carolina. You could have taken that time, gotten that higher, and like you said, played the long game. But, no, you know, they wanted to go ahead and get that. The nostalgic hire, and then you know, in most cases, with the exception of Bobby Petrino, when he retired his first year, and I think Petrino went what, like nine and three his first year. They were nine and three, and, and, and that was when, yeah, they challenged Florida State for the division. Yeah, nine and three. Yeah, and you know, they won that division. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and they, they they lost the bowl game to uh, to Georgia, but they stuck mm-hmm. ever since then, man. And this year they were yeah. at, like <laughs> one and eleven. Whatever it was, yeah. they were pretty damn bad. They were pretty damn bad this year. And and also yeah. in the case of uh, Randy Etzel and whoever that third coach is, uh, I can't remember who it is, but whoever it is, whoever it was, they all stuck up the joint. So this nostalgia yeah. of bringing coaches back and Matt Brown being removed from the game for five years, five years is, is a football eternity. And, and, That's and, right. You know, it's Oakland right now. And, exactly, and, and, uh, John Gruden. I mean, yeah, it, it never, uh, almost never ends well. It does not, and, and this could be one of those situations too, man, where it just doesn't end well. 
And like you said, it would have been better for them to think about the long game instead of trying to be nostalgic, man. And, you know, you're going to have Bama's bringing back old-school division championship T-shirts and stuff like that. Nah, just go ahead and get you the great hire. Think about the the, the, the sturdiness of the program for the for years to come and, and do it that way instead of doing it like this, man. Uh, as much as I want Matt Brown to do well, I don't I see do this to do well. I hate Carolina, but I like I, I hate Carolina but with 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 with, uh, with the strength of a thousand sons, as uh, Mark Schlemp would say on FS1. Um, <laughs> I, I I like Matt Brown a lot. He seems like a very good dude. I just don't think he'll end well. I, I really don't. That's yeah. why I think guys like Satterfield, some Appalachian State, and even some, I want to say, upcomers, but guys like, um, I forget the, the co offensive one of the co offensive coordinators for Clemson. Um, the, the, the people out ah, there. Yeah. The people out there. Uh, the brother, the Tony, I know his first name is Tony, I forget his last name, but um, I, there's so many viable candidates out there that would be, that would energize. I think. You, UNC administration and the AD Bubba Bubba Cunningham. I mean, athletic director Bubba. Only only enough Carolina, right? But I think they were concerned about winning the press conference mm-hmm. and, and getting some some back some news some some, some uh, newspaper love from NC State and Duke. But you know, it is what it is. Let's just see how that turns out. We we'll get you on yeah, you know what? NFL talk, brother. What's up? They, they, they could have done like NC Central and put the job out on Indeed or. or Zip recruiter or something. <laughs> Moving right along. You ain't right, man. Moving right along. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> from one petty butter to another, you ain't right. Let's talk a little NFL. I could have wrap this baby up here. Um, where to go, man? I mean, locks. It's some crazy crap happened last in week. Was it week uh, 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 11? No, week, week 12. Week 12, and yes. You know, yeah, I mean, you got Big Ben playing that large Benjamin once again. Yeah. Turn over the ball left and right. Two bad yeah. deceptions, last of which is mm-hmm. in zone, where he threw it right at a nose tackle, a nose guard. And even on that play, it would have been intercepted by the cornerback covering the A-B in the back of the end zone because he underthrew mm-hmm. him. And also – Bad turnovers left and right by the other members of the offense, notably James Conner and Xavier Grimble. When all they had to do was Ooh. turn up and go around the defensive backs to try to throw oh. the ball, run over them, and fumble. Yes, that was just stupid, stupid, that stupid, was stupid, stupid, dumb, stupid. Oh uh, my god! Let's, but I will focus on the quarterback since Lion shared the praise and blame for everything under the mm-hmm. sun. It was not. It, it was bad play. Was bad enough. I mean, his post-game comments talk about, like, the i never seen, like, what he said, I'm paraphrasing now, I've never seen a nose tackle get blocked so far back to pick off a pass of mine. And uh, also, um, A.B. has to, Antonio, A.B. being Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown has to run a crisper route to keep the, the corner from undercutting him. And uh. corner James Washington, the rookie, for not running under a ball, which probably had a, has a point there. But this dude, as is the bigger stud as Big Ben is, he's probably going to be a first battle hall of famer. He is not the best teammate in the world. He's been proving that time and time again of his comments about passing the blame. He always he wants to go to Juju Smith Schuster each play on, on uh, like uh, on the goal line, which meant that he also threw his <laughs> his coaching staff into the bus as well. Um, <laughs> But can he do – I mean, it's like he doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't – he passes the buck every single time. I'm talking about, uh, they retiring in the offseason, stuff like that. I'm thinking that Big Ben is going to keep the Steelers from two things. Getting an all-important first-round buy, mm-hmm. which means that they won't be able to get to the promised land, the promised land being the Super Bowl. I, I just don't think – I think that this is probably – this, if you look at the landscape of the AFC with New England and and and, and I'm sorry and, and Kansas City and now the Chargers, well not the Chargers mm-hmm. but I'm sorry the Houston Texans passing them with eight straight wins. I, I just think this is this is I think this is this I think Big Ben I think this is his cap 
I just this is the ceiling. I don't I don't see especially with the games they have, the rainy games they got San Diego. I'm still calling them San Diego. San Diego this week and yes. New Orleans the second to last game of the season and New England the game before that. It doesn't get easy. It does not. I think it's going to put Pittsburgh another bind and. They all have to do is look at themselves to blame over their poor play and Big Ben's turnovers. I really think this is their ceiling now. The next probably a couple of seasons. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I don't know if they lose or tie to Cleveland the way that they did. And then there was another game that they lost that they probably the Jacksonville game. And in uh, any other circumstance, as, they should have lost that. Good as, yeah, you know, it's good. Uh, you think so? They, I think that uh, Jacksonville had them sixteen to nothing. They had no damn oh, that's right. that game. Big Ben played like trash, and yes. they still found a way to blow that game to Pittsburgh. But go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, in any other circumstances or any other year, you would expect Big Ben or that or the team to play a little bit better and get at least those two wins. But um, mm-hmm. Yeah, as of right now, you know, if, if they get more than nine wins, I would be a little bit – I would be shocked. That means – well, no, they can, they can get more than nine because the, the the chances of them beating the Chargers is still there because they got uh, uh, L.A. at home. You know, they, they, they could right. win that one. Um, it's sure. that Saints game and, and that and, – and the, the Patriots, Patriots are up and down. So they can, they can steal that – well, I shouldn't even call that a steal. They can beat the Patriots. But, um, yeah, the thing is, though, in order for them to get home field advance or at least get that number two seed, they're going to have to win at least 11 games because they're going to be fighting with the likes of the Houston Texans for that number two spot. You know, if they're able to win the charge, like I said, you know, that that knocks them out. Well, no, it actually doesn't knock them out because they wouldn't be a divisional winner. Um, God, the other division – that would be the East. That would be okay. So yeah, they would have to they would have to beat the uh, the Patriots and stay ahead of them, and that's how they get the number two seed. But because like I said before, it would it be between New England and Houston for the number two seed. And as of right now, they control that situation as they would face the Patriots and and not Houston. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if that happens, man. It, because the, the way Houston's looking right now, man, they, they're looking pretty damn good. That's scary. I don't know if that translates into the playoffs for them, but right now they're looking pretty damn good. And also, uh, you know, Dallas, you know, Dallas plays New Orleans tomorrow night, Gold Saints. Yes. I just want to see Dallas fall on their face. I mean, that, I mean, Cowboys fans are such front runners. They yes, talk they are. all this shit. About yeah. oh, we got Amari uh, 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 Cooper and well, we're going to be good and uh, Washington lost a quarterback, Phillies and the Skids, blah 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 blah. Uh, and you know Jerry Jones is being smug as ever. Jason yes, Garrett, the head coach, is clapping on the sideline somewhere. Uh, yeah. Coach clap. Um, and you know, I just want Dallas to fall on their faces so bad. I really do. I hope New Orleans just runs with this. I hope Sean Payton, the head coach of New Orleans, I hope they they, they go for 50 on those cats. They get on my damn <laughs> But speaking of which, should we take Dallas's resurgence seriously, given the circumstances, of, especially in the rest of the division? Because let's face it, whoever wins that damn, that damn division, NFC lease, as I call it this year, probably going to have eight or nine wins. So yeah. it looks like Dallas gets by – on paper, may win it by default because, again, the injuries in Washington, Philly playing a bit off this year, actually very mm-hmm. off this year. The Giants sucking up, sticking up, uh, up the joint. Yeah. Is this is this a legit resurgence for the Cowboys? No. Or is it going to be like no, a one-and-done situation? Um, I don't even know if it's going to be an opportunity for a one-and-done. They still got to get through the rest of the season. Now, like you said, um, Washington – they still have a, a – it, well, it's not a, a super tough road, but, of course, it's made that much harder by the loss of Alex Smith. And, and yes, Colt McCoy takes more chances and throws more deep balls a little bit better than Alex does, but 
he still is a little bit more turnover, not a little bit more, but he is more turnover prone. And oddly enough, right. it's, it's injury prone as well. So my concern right. for for Colt McCoy as a Skins fan is, one, him reducing those turnovers, and two, right. staying on the field. Because the last thing I want is Mark Sanchez to have to scramble out oh, on the field yeah. and have to get on the center. Then, you know, man, I might have to walk out on the oncoming traffic, man. I, that's, that's one of the things I don't want to see. But it's still, I'm for grabs in my opinion, um, yes, Dallas can compete for this division, and they are because, of course, they're tied for first place. Philly is still in it. And, yes, as much as the Giants are sticking up the joint, well, it, it looked like last week they don't even want to compete. They just want to get a, a high draft pick because they had that game last right. week won uh, against Philly. And said, nah, you don't go ahead and get it to him. Might as well. Philadelphia's facing injuries in the secondary as well. Yep. <sighs> it's it's still anybody's division in my opinion. Um sure. just as as good as that Cowboys offense looked against the skins, it was still and I don't wanna kinda it's gonna make me sound like an old spoil sport or old complainer or, or like a sore loser. But, yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it sounds like. If not for an injury-plagued Quentin Dunbar out there slipping and falling for one play where Amari Cooper runs for that 80-yard touchdown, and then you have uh, 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 Josh Norman not covering him or, or on that second play where he goes for 40, if not for those two things, Washington is competing in that game and probably – uh, uh, may be able to steal one, but you know it is what it is. They win, you know. Of course, there were some calls that that, that weren't called that that should have gone Washington's way. But once again, you know, sort of a loser. That's okay. It is what it is. I don't think they get that kind of luck throughout the rest of the year, and and, and it, it starts with New Orleans, hopefully, because this fan base was on suicide watch just three weeks ago. And now they they living it up, man. Like like they done done something. Tom Brady got still six and five. You know, got, you, you, you're competing in a bad division against injury plagued bad team. You know, and, and even if they get out and win this division, they're still the worst team, in, in my opinion, going into the playoffs behind uh, 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 the, the Rams. Behind the Saints, mm-hmm. behind the Bears, behind the Vikings, and potentially either Seattle or uh, uh, Carolina in that fifth spot or sixth spot, depending upon how all of that finishes out. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see Dallas being better than any of them. Speaking of which, last thing: see New Orleans losing another game this year. I see them fifteen and one easily. I mean, I, I think they'll beat my Steelers. For the last game of the season, that'll be the mm-hmm. toughest game. They'll have to come. They'll have the division, the NFC South wrapped up, like three the three weeks from like week like I guess six fifteen, or two weeks like three weeks before the season's up. Um, given how Carolina's on the skid slightly, but I, yeah. I, I think the only thing they'll be playing for is home field, and you know that's they're probably playing a starters probably. In like week sixteen against the Steelers, so um, I just don't. I, I think New Orleans. I, I don't see New Orleans losing home field. They're, they're getting home field. I, I think they. I don't think they're losing again this season in the regular season. Uh, neither do I. But you know, it depends upon what happens. You know, do they rest players for the last two weeks of the year? You know, do they play all the way through? And then, of course, anything can happen any given Sunday, as we already know. You know, so right. yeah, they could go 15-1, but, you know, they could slip somewhere, you know, or they can go ahead and rush players and just take games off. But we don't know how, if that would be beneficial for them in order to, for them to sit players either before going into the playoffs. But at the same time, you don't want to end up losing anyone key going into the playoffs to injury when you could have just sat them. But, God, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the whole – Discussion of of rust 
versus injury, and they're going to have a bye anyway. So yeah, it, it just depends upon what, what Sean Payton wants to do and how he wants to ride out the rest of the year. All right. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, that, I mean, it's going to be Notre Dame. It's going to be Notre Dame. We'll see you about that. Hey, man, thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the weekend, and let's hope and pray Dallas loses tomorrow night. Yes, and crack championship this weekend on ESPNU, 4 p.m. Eastern. The winner will face North Carolina A&T in the Celebration Bowl. All right. Stay tuned for that. So so, so what's the date and time again? So I can write it down, so I can check it out. This Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. Yes, it's going to be Southern ESPNU. and all Corn State. All right, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. Good looking out. Take a light, man. Who you with? All right. That's my guy, D Nash. Please check him out. Sleazy Sports on Facebook Live. Every Tuesday night as well as the Young HBCU Sports with the US for all things HBCU Sports. Thank y'all for tuning in to Scott Burks, the Clown Hour. Hope y'all stay warm. Take care. Peace out. Oh, six. <laughs>